But there's one thing you said, Karen, which interestingly I have a different perspective on, which is you said, you know, for many of you listening, you're doing jobs that are icky, but you have to do them to pay the bills. I don't believe that. I actually don't believe it. I think it's a program and it's a belief that um, that we hold and it's one of the hardest beliefs to break down is like, well, it's okay for you to say that, but I've got to pay my mortgage. But in actual fact, when you, when you let go of the ickiness and you follow the joy and you let go of the stories, the universe will open another door. It always, always, always does. Welcome to Soul Sisters Get Real, the show that goes deep in who we really are and why we are really here. We're your hosts, Karen from the States and Eleni from Australia. We've had heartfelt conversations as Soul Sisters for years and we're ready to share our truths, stories and life lessons with you and to inspire you to connect to your truest essence which resides deep within your soul. There'll be tears, there'll be laughter and there'll be no holding back. So sit back, relax and let's get real about the things that truly matter. Welcome to today's episode and today is Eleni and I and we are going to talk about things that make you go ick. Icky. And the reason that this came up is I was recently in Kauai and I was sitting on the beach and something came to me and I thought to myself, what in my life makes me feel ick or icky? Is there anything in my life that feels icky? And I thought such a great thing to reflect on. So as we are going through our lives and what makes us feel icky, because sometimes examples help you to then think of what is icky in your life. Just think about what is it is icky in your life and why is it that you're still doing it? And so I want to turn it over to Eleni because we, when we were talking about this, we were talking about, hey, you know, why do we do things in our life that are icky and ick? And at what point do you decide it's icky enough that you don't want to do it anymore? Yeah, I love this topic. When you said, let's talk about, you know, Icky, what makes you feel icky? I think this is, first of all, let's talk about the why. Why is it important to identify what makes it feel icky? Because if it feels icky, we are not following our joy. We are not following our path. We are not following what we're here to do because it feels icky because that's a sign. And so every time we feel some sort of ickiness, which really is a contraction in the body, it means that, you know, it's not aligned. We're not aligned with our uh, purpose, our passion and what we're here to do. But when we feel expanded and joyful, like when we do this podcast, it actually means that we're following our passion. And so it's interesting that you said, you know, what is it in your life that feels icky at the moment when you asked me that last time? And I actually said, nothing actually does anymore because I've eliminated everything but there was a time when a lot of things made me feel icky and I was still doing them and why was I still doing them because of fear like you're still doing them because you think you have to do them and so that's the why so let's go to you Karen and tell us something maybe that you're still doing that you feel icky about and let's talk about our icky stories Okay. 
So I came up with a couple things that are ick in my life. And the one thing that really makes me feel ick is Facebook. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is I do Facebook for one reason, and that's because it helps my business. And I'm working to create a following for the book that I'm writing along with my son, Josh, in heaven. And I know in order to get a publisher, we need a following. So there's that piece of it's it's business and there's a reason for it. And I do not, I am not one of those people that pick up my phone and just want to scroll through Facebook or have nothing else to do. So I want to see Facebook. If I could, I would eliminate Facebook from my life. It makes me feel ick. And yet I still do it. Why do you still do it? Why do you still do it? And that is such a great question. Why do I still do it? I do it because I want, there, well, there's a couple reasons. And it's interesting, you know, I love that you asked me that. I do it because there's reasons for me to do it. I do it for my business because I do have Facebook groups for my hypnosis business and Attitude of a Champion where I mentor and train other hypnotists and hypnotherapists to be sports hypnotists. So I do have those groups. I have a social media manager that manages those. But there is a piece of me that gets to keep an eye on it and make sure things are happening and she's doing what I ask. And I also do it, now that I think about it, I also do it because I believe that when we share our vulnerabilities and we share what's working and what's not working in our life, we help others. And I know that based on my posts, especially after Josh died and even now, that so many people have said, wow, that really helped me. And we're helpers. And that that's my nature. And so there is a piece of me that does Facebook because I feel like it can help others. But what about the part that feels icky? What don't you like about it? I think what the biggest thing I don't like about it is it's, it's a time suck. And there's so many other things in my life that I would rather be doing than sitting on a phone or a computer. And a majority of my time is spent in front of a computer or on a phone because of my business being virtual. And uh, so taking the time to be on the computer any longer to scroll through, it feels icky to me. Yeah. So with me, I got onto Facebook the moment it started, literally. And that was because I wanted to, I love photos. I've always been obsessed with photos because that's how Facebook started is to share our photos. <laughs> and I loved Facebook. I loved it so much. I was there from day one. <laughs> as soon as it was available, I was there. Literally, it was the year that it started. And really? Yeah. I was there right from the beginning when it was, it was actually, um, I remember my nephew coming on and said, trendiest auntie ever who's on Facebook because it was just the younger people who were on it back then. Oh my God. It's the older people. And now the young people would never be on it. And so I was in a position by the time I started my business to absolutely um, go full on because I had already been on it for a while. And so I knew that I needed to start a group and you know, mine was one of the first hypnosis groups and probably the first hypnosis business group um, that, and it's still going, it's still going without me, even though it's my group. 
And so I've got three groups, one Facebook page and my personal profile still active. I built my business on Facebook. You know, the the seven-figure business that I created out of hypnosis was primarily from turning up every single day, sharing, helping. In my group, I used to have a weekly Q&A where people knew to submit questions and I would turn up at the same time. Even if I was in another country, I remember when we were at the uh, Las Vegas um, convention, like I would still be sitting on the couch doing my Q&A. Like no matter where I was, I showed up for my people. If something happened in the world, I showed up for my people more that day. It was like I remember. I was passionate. It, there was no ickiness about it. I wanted to be on it. My business like blew up and I had a big following and it really helped everything. And so when it started to become icky, which was after my spiritual awakening, um, where it was like, this is feeling now like it's hard work. It's feeling like I want to go internal, not sit there and speak every day. It's feeling like, okay, there are 20 birthdays today. And if I don't say happy birthday, it means that they will think that I don't care about them. And so now I've got to, like, I actually had that as part of my day, like at the beginning of the day, whose birthday is it? And I'd wish them all happy birthday. And it felt like there was a lot of hard work, a lot of expectation. Apart from that, it felt like if one of my, especially one of the people in my community, if something big happened with them, that I'd have to go on and say, oh, congratulations, well done. And it doesn't mean I didn't feel it. I didn't feel happy for them. I didn't feel like really happy that they had this achievement. But after I had my spiritual awakening, it all felt like it was all ego. So everything changed for me in terms of my perception about what I, about pride and about achievements. I no longer saw achievements the way I saw them. It's like we're just playing this role. You're playing a role called Karen in this lifetime. I'm playing a role called Eleni. And, yeah, so you did these things, just like Tom Cruise did these things in Mission Impossible. You know, it's just a role. And so I'm, I don't resonate with this, I did this, how fantastic am I anymore? And so it felt very... I felt very like misaligned with the way I now lived my life. I couldn't do it anymore. Like it actually made me feel sick to actually say, well done, congratulations, because it's like, you know, it doesn't make you a better person because you've achieved that. It doesn't make you a better person because you've written that book. It doesn't make you a better person because you've been the keynote presenter of that hypnosis conference. Like you are no better than the person who... Um, hasn't been able to find a home and is sleeping on the street. We're all the same. We're all doing this role. And so it was really hard, Karen, when I, because I had wanted to get out of Facebook way before I actually did. <laughs> but I felt, how can I do it? Because it's my livelihood. Like how else can I, you know, talk about my events or talk about anything that's happening? How else can I share this information? This is the main way I used to, talk to my community and once I leave like the momentum's gone so it was very very frightening but when mm -hmm. I finally did it I remember the day that I did a big post on my personal page so now um you know I only go in there for a second it's not on my phone 
Like I took it away from my phone. That was the first thing. And now it's just like I, I went away for it for a long period of time. And now it's literally just to share a video or something like that. It's the only reason I go on. And that's from my computer, never from my phone because it's not on my phone. And it, the day I did it, I felt like I had taken, this is what it felt like. It felt like I had taken the chain off my neck. And, and right, when there is something in our life that feels icky, taking that chain off your neck, pushing through the fear, because, yeah. right, we yeah. do it, we're still doing it if it feels icky for a reason. And what is the reason? Many times it's fear of if we don't do it, what's going to happen? Exactly. But once we do it, it's like anything that you're fearful about. You're like, why didn't I do this earlier? Right. Yeah. So many things that we feel fearful about. It's like, well, why didn't I do this earlier? <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, so true. What else in your life, what in your life did you get to a place where it felt ick and you decided to eliminate it? And how did you do that? Yeah, like it became anything to do with hustle. Like um, even though the work that I, the training arm that I had, which was the most amazing training from a therapy and business perspective for hypnotherapists, I, it started to feel ick because I used to do, you know, these big events over a number of years where I would then upsell to a retreat. And everything I offered was the most incredible value, the most fantastic value. And I knew that and it came from my heart. And, but there came a point where I just didn't want to do that anymore. I just didn't want to have an event to sell the thing. Like I didn't want to have an event, which I, I started to detest the sales funnel, which is what I built my business on, which is have an event, which is a low cost event and give them a lot of value so that they see the value and feel the value and then sell a retreat at the back of that. It started to make me feel so sick that Karen, when I when it was the time to come up and um, do those half day events, I literally felt sick and I spent the morning in the toilet. Like I would feel mm. physically sick. And even though we used to get amazing, incredible feedback, it meant that if I trained hypnotherapists, they helped other people, and it was it was all in. It was all in the direction of helping people and it was amazing and so valuable. I couldn't handle that marketing technique anymore, which is you pay this amount of money, I give you a whole heap of value, now you need to pay another whole heap of money to give you more value. It's like I just don't want to do that anymore. It makes me feel sick. So when I first stopped that, it was a transition. I stopped it. Because I couldn't show up live anymore, couldn't do it. And then I had it just run by itself, you know, where it's pre recorded. And even that, it's funny how energy works. Even though I never had to show up anymore, even the pre recorded stuff felt icky just thinking about it. And so mm. I had to stop it. And even though I had the most amazing products and services, and it was really hard to stop it because it taken me so long to create it. It taken years mm -hmm. and years and years of hard work to create it. I had people in place. I had a, ma a massive 
beautiful supportive team from all around the world that were supporting me, you know, crewing for me, helping me. But this whole thing wasn't fulfilling me anymore. I couldn't do it anymore. I had to just stop this activity. And so I had to stop it all. And again, it was really hard to do because it's like, but I spent all this time doing this and it's at the point where I don't even have to do much anymore. But even the little bit that I had to do, because I had trainers to do it for me, I had um, sales team to sell it for me, I had everybody in place, but I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't do the hustle anymore. Can you resonate with that story? I can, absolutely. And there are things in my life. I'm, I'm curious because... There is a point where, like, if someone has a job and they really, it's ick, it's ick, because we all know that what you spend a majority of your time with should not be ick. And a majority of your time was spent doing that. And when that happens, we're not enjoying most of our life because we're going to ick. There are people that have jobs that have to hold on to their jobs. Like some of you listening completely understand you, you, you need the income, right? And what I go through in my life is if it feels ick, what is the exit plan? And then starting to make that happen and manifest that because you can't live in ick forever and just resolve it's going to be okay, right? What was your exit plan when you figured it out? When you were like, oh, oh yeah, I can viscerally feel it because when it feels really ick, if you tap in, you feel it viscerally. You feel the, you feel it in your body, Right. Uh, at what point? And then how did you get to the place where you were like, okay, I'm going to move through the fear of whatever's holding me back and I'm going to see what's on the other side. How long did yeah. you manifest it? Did you work toward that? Uh, yeah. Like the ickiness started and what I did, it's a transition. It's not like you can't stand something and then you're out of it. Um, so right. for me at the beginning, it was like, what part of this event do I no longer enjoy? Okay. Let's get somebody else to do that part. Mm -hmm. So that's what I started doing, like with events and so on, like my half day events, it was like, what part of it do I, can I get somebody in some fresh energy to do? So that's what I did to begin with. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, I can't even do the retreats anymore. I can't train people anymore. Uh, it's just, it takes too much out of me. So I've got trainers in to do it. So at every part, that's the way that I always have handled my business, my hypnotherapy business as well, which is like, okay, what part of the business do I not want to do? Let's get somebody. I'm a great delegator. <laughs> I used to be a project manager in corporate. So I'm very good at delegating. I have no issue with other people coming in and stepping up and doing something that they love and I no longer love. And so that's the way that I did it is just bring people in to support me to do all the stuff that I don't want to do. But then there came a point that just being a part of it, I no longer wanted to do. And so the exit plan for me was because I couldn't even imagine just completely closing everything down. I couldn't imagine that. So that's when I thought, well, let's just run it so that everything just runs by itself. Like the sales funnel is automatic. Like the event just happens, but I, I don't turn up live. But we all know that even when you don't turn up live, those events have a way lower conversion 
than the ones where you turn up live. And there's an mm-hmm. obvious reason for that because the energy is not there. And sure. so even that started to, made me feel icky when queries came through. It's like it's no longer the direction that I'm in. It's no longer what I'm passionate. I was passionate about it so much at one stage in my life, but I'm no longer. And so then getting to a point was I can do this. I can actually just stop everything. And I just stopped everything. But there's one thing mm-hmm. you said, Karen, which interestingly I have a different perspective on, which is you said, you know, for many of you listening, you're doing jobs that are icky, but you have to do them to pay the bills. I don't believe that. I actually don't mm-hmm. believe it. I think that's a program and that's a belief that, um, that we hold and it's mm-hmm. one of the hardest beliefs to break down is like, well, it's okay for you to say that, but I've got to pay my mortgage. But in actual fact, when you, when you let go of the ickiness and you follow the joy and you let go of the stories, the universe will open another door. It always, always, always does. Always. So I don't believe people need to be in something that they feel really icky about. But I understand, I heard what you said, which is sometimes it's about just, okay, now let's just like, what's the exit plan? And so that, that we know we're leaving in two months or three months or four months. And then that makes it feel like, well, you know what? I'm not going to be here forever. So whilst I'm here, I might as well enjoy it. Right. Right. Absolutely. And, and I agree with you a hundred percent is if we don't make space for something new, if we don't make space for something better, that is never going to happen because the space isn't there for that to happen. And, and so that is about letting go, right? It's about opening, you know, making sure that there's an opening door for that next opportunity. And it's also very interesting because this all sounds very logical. And yet when you're going through it in your own life, it takes a lot of courage. It takes so much courage. And the interesting thing is though, that when you finally let it go, you wonder what took so long. Like, it's like you feel the relief instantly and you're like, what was I so concerned about? I'm okay. I'm still living. I'm still breathing. I remember I had this client, Karen, who he had a senior job, but he hated his job so much. He really, really hated it, but he couldn't let it go. It was high paying. He had worked his way there. And the next session he came back and he goes, they've given me a redundancy package. And I was like, fantastic. (laughs) The universe has now actually pushed you out that door that you hated. So you don't even have to worry about the exit plan. You've already been given the exit plan. Now let's, let's, let's recalibrate your energy. And so you can draw to you what, you know, what your path really is. So he saw that initially as, oh my God, now what? And I was like, fantastic. Cause now I, you know, I don't even have to help him or mentor him or coach him towards going to that point. That's already been done. We can now move on. And so we, we should not have to stay in ickiness a day longer than we, we want to, we will be taken care of if we follow the joy. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so I wanted to share one other icky for me is I tapped in and I was like, you know, I don't think there's anything really icky in my life. And then when I really sat and went inside, went deep inside, there was a few things I came up with. And the one was, was Facebook. 
And the other one was uh, the cold weather because I live in Wisconsin and the winters are cold. And I'm at that place where I don't like to be cold. I don't like to be cold in my house. And sometimes you feel the coldness through the walls. It's that chilly. And you step outside and it's blistering cold on your face and your car is freezing and your hands get cold. And and so I was thinking, you know, I own my house here in Wisconsin and I have within this last year gone completely virtual with both my hypnosis business and my mentoring and training course. And I don't need to be here when it's freezing cold in the wintertime. And it's icky. It feels icky to me to think about the long, dark, freezing cold winter. And so I am in a space of, do I, do I want to stay here? Do I buy a house somewhere else? I haven't quite figured out where it is because both of my boys, uh, the two younger ones, live about 12 hours south in a car drive and obviously a plane flight. I'm not sure I want to go there, but I do have, like we talked about, I do have where I'm creating an exit plan. What does that look like? It might not happen tomorrow, but what does it look like so I don't have to stay here in this cold icky? Uh, so that's that's where I am now is, yeah, that still kind of feels ick. Although it, when you have a plan and you know it's not forever and you know that you're on your way of creating something new, like you just said, it it you then make the best of it because you know it's not, you're not stuck in yes, it. Yes, that's the thing, right? So now you know this is not forever because you've already identified it. Like, I don't want to be in this cold forever. So you now know. And now you get to get to the fun part of, okay, so let's just work out how we're going to do this. So because you know you're going to leave, you don't know where you're going yet, but because you know you're going to leave, it actually feels better, doesn't it? Like, How does it feel now? It feels expansive and open because I'm not stuck. Yeah. So it no longer feels icky. So it, it didn't mean you had to, you know, okay, let's get out of here. I'm not going to do one more day of ickiness. It was more like, okay, I have now, I'm, I'm, in, I'm now in a part of my life where I can actually choose to leave. Okay, I've decided I'm leaving. And so whilst I'm here, I might as well enjoy the weather. Like what is it that about the cold that's actually good? You know, and 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 enjoy this part of your life, knowing that you're leaving. Right, right. Well, it's good. I like it. This is my hometown, so there's that good, right? As I get to appreciate that uh, this is this is familiar to me, and I do like to go out on the lake. I live on a lake, and it it freezes up, and it's cold. But on the really nice days, it's fun to walk on the lake and look down and see the ice. There's always magic in every season. I totally relate with that story because prior to this house, um, I was in a quite a big, big house and, you know, with our children moving on and everything and I had separated from my second husband, it all became really hard to to look after because he used to take care of the outside and I would take care of the inside. And I didn't even know anything about gardening. I didn't know how to take care of the pool. Um, I had never pulled up a weed in my life. (laughs) I just literally avoided that whole thing of I'm just not a green thumb. I don't have a clue, whereas he used to enjoy the gardening. And then when we separated and I had the whole big house to myself, it was like very, very, very stressful. 
And when I went away and I would come back, inevitably something would be broken, something would like another pipe to fix. Some the, the garden was like, even though I had a gardener regularly that would come and do the garden, it was still like in between stage, really hard to maintain because it was so many trees, so many leaves, so much happening. The leaves would be in the pool. It'd be just like, ugh. And so I would find that I wouldn't be looking forward to coming back home. And that was the feeling that when I realized I can't stay here. So I want to be able to, when I go away, like arrive home and like, oh, I'm home. That's a feeling Mm. you need to have about your home. And yet Mm. I was feeling like, like on the way home in the Uber, every business trip I had or every time I was away, it'd be like, oh, brace yourself. <laughs> mm. And the house has a consciousness. The house, every single thing, there it's a living atom in there. The house, believe it or not, no matter how freaky this sounds, that's why it would break down even more because it felt very unloved, very unwanted, and um, it was time to let it go. So, yeah, I made plans to let it go. And now with the property that I live in in Adelaide, oh, my gosh, like I'm so excited when I land at the airport in Adelaide and I'm about to, I know where I'm going and I open that door and I can smell the smells of the incense, I can see the ocean immediately and it's like, oh, God, I love this place and that's how it feels. And that's the joy that we need to live in. We don't need to live in ick. We don't need to have the things that we think we need. We don't need, you know, I don't need the big house. I now, um, you know, I had the big house with the big mortgage. I now have an apartment that I rent. You know, the things we think we need, but the apartment that I rent gives me so much joy, so much joy. So if you are listening, I would love to know what in your life and Eleni would love to know too, I'm sure. What in your life feels ick? Put it down in the comments. And then after you write it down, like physically write down what in your life feels ick, how is it that you can change your ick to, uh, oh, I love this. Yeah, yeah. And the other point I want to make is that sometimes we sugarcoat things. Like you said, initially you were like, oh, I don't have anything that's ick. And then you went down deep and you found ick. So rather than saying, oh, no, I'm happy with everything, really sit down, close your eyes. And is it, what is it that makes me feel contracted? Maybe, maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's the place you live in. Maybe it's the job that you're doing. Maybe it's a friend that you occasionally catch up with. What is it in your life at the moment that makes you feel, ah? Ick, because it doesn't have to be that way. We're not here to live in ick. We're here to live in joy. We're here to live in expansion. We're here to love. We're here to feel so joyful. I remember I went to um, just recently. I went to this ceremony thing where the leader was like giving out these um, jelly bean babies that were connected. They were like twins, and he, mm-hmm. he gave everybody a jelly bean twin and he said he wanted us to think of somebody that we're, that's currently in our life that we no longer wanted to have in our life and to do this prayer and then we tear the twin apart 
I honestly, Karen, I didn't have anyone. I love it. I didn't have anyone. But years ago, I would have had people. Like, if if you're in my life, it's because I want you to be in my life. Like, I really want you to be in my life. Otherwise, why would you be in my life? <laughs> so I didn't. So I put yes. the jelly bean twin aside. Everybody else did it, which means that people are spending time in relationships, doing things, and it could be something like social media that you're spending mm-hmm. time in an in an area like Facebook or TikTok where it's like, oh, did I just waste the last forty minutes scrolling? through some ridiculous cat meme, you know. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, interesting because when I was when I'm writing my book, the beginning in the beginning, I do say, I just want anyone that's in my life that's in this book, that you are in my life because I choose you to be in my life. You don't have to be in my life. It's because I choose you in whoever you are, in whatever capacity. It's because I want you here. And that's one of those things that we get to really reflect on. Hey, is, are we doing things that we don't want to do for others that are in our lives that we don't want? We don't, we don't want them there. Yeah. I love the way that you had that in your book. That's just beautiful. Like I choose you, like you're not there by default. You're not there because I feel like I have to be with you. I choose you. Yes. I choose you, my soul sister, Karen Bird. I choose you, my soul sister, Eleni Midas. <laughs> yeah, we definitely choose each other because, I mean, there could have been an opportunity if we didn't want to be with each other to not be with each other. You're from the other side of the world. I'm from Australia. But we still choose to show up every week and, um, you know, connect in. So, yeah. And if you are listening, it's because we choose you. Nothing happens for uh, by accident or coincidence if you're listening it's because we choose you yeah and if you're listening it's because you've chosen us <laughs> as well right no accidents no coincidence we've chosen each other so yeah what a brilliant conversation I love this topic and I'm really excited in the future we're going to have more conversations that are just going to be Karen and myself. Uh, we love having our guests, of course, but we we love our conversations so much just with the two of us. And so if this resonated with you, please subscribe, please share it. We love you so much. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you loved it. And if you did, subscribe to the podcast. We would so love it if you write us a review and share it with your friends. And remember, always connect to your truest essence. And choose love. We'll see you next time.